And welcome back. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and I am here, and I am Nate. And I am Paul. And we would like to continue talking about this passage that we had to stop due to time right in the middle of a verse, and it's so painful. Um, We're looking at, uh, for those of you who want to turn on your Bibles or open them up, uh, we're at 2 Timothy chapter 4 starting in verse 6, and we are talking about how to finish strong. And Paul here mm-hmm. uh, talks about how he is finishing strong. Why don't you read it all? You know, I will. Yeah. Second Timothy 4, uh, starting with verse 6. As for me, my life is being poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Um, I like that plea at the end. Please. Yes. The, the time of my death is near, Timothy. I really want to see you again. It's very tender. Um, so I'm not going to give a big recap of this. Um, if you haven't listened to the first two, I recommend doing that <laughs> because we talk about the, the first half of the passage. We talk about the fact that life is suffering and it is difficult. And Paul was keenly aware of that. And that when we are aware of the fact that, guess what, life is tough, it makes things a little easier to take. It's when we come with the false idea that is very common in America that life isn't supposed to be tough. Life's supposed to be easy and it's supposed to be perfect and things are supposed to go our way. And when they don't, that's not fair. Um, that false idea leads to a lot of anguish and, and depression and, and drug use and alcoholism and you name it. Um, that drives people to a lot of dark places. But when you just accept the fact that guess what? Life's tough. It's suffering. And that's just the way it is. Um, it allow, it gives us the freedom to, I think, more 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 easily enjoy and be thankful for what we have, for one thing. Mm-hmm. And it also allows us to then rely on God, who says that he works all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And uh, last week we talked about, talked a lot about fighting the good fight and finishing the race. And what that meant for Paul, what it means for us. And how we can do that ourselves, how we can finish strong. And that one of the things that means is when we're a little bit older and later in life, we don't give up. We keep going. We try harder. And that might mean our, our things might look a little differently, for example. You know, you're, you shared about your sister. She was, she was totally laid up for quite a few years mm-hmm. at the end. But while she could still speak, she used that voice to great effect she was a, to everyone around her. She made us all feel like champions. And in fact, she was the champion. And it's a, that's amazing to me because you would expect, actually, someone who was twisted up um, physically, bedridden, I mean, just pain, constant mm-hmm. pain. You would expect that person to be bitter and angry and, and, and all sorts of negative things especially with what happened to her right she had already had a hard life terrible Mm -hmm. um but she was just the opposite Mm -hmm. she was 
thinking about other people. It wasn't, oh, someone's here, so I can talk about my problems and how hard it is so I can get sympathy. No, no, no. Someone would come visit her and she would encourage them and tell them how great they were. And I mean, it's so godly. It's just so, such a godly way to live. And it's, she, Ruth is a, is a great example, I think, for people. So I'm glad you're telling her story. And that's how I want to be too. <laughs> and that's why we're saying to you, think ahead to your obituary. Think. In fact, I had the project, uh, what do we call it? Uh, Harvest Project. We started a school in 2013. We call it the Harvest Project. And I gave them that assignment. Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to write an obituary. Make it a paragraph. Very interesting. We did it in seminary. Young, did you? Yeah. What these young people wrote, it was an excellent exercise. They actually liked doing it because it allowed them to look toward their possible finish and say, okay, what do I want people to say about me, and what am I going to do to make that happen? I'm going to give you a little English lesson here. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Paul says, I have three times. I have fought. What is I have? I have is not the past tense. It's called the perfect tense. Mm -hmm. It's action in the past that carries over into the present. Past tense, which in Greek is called the aorist tense, it's past, period. Gone. I did this. That's past tense. I have, it means I did then, and it carries over to the present. So when it says I have fought the good fight, and I'm, I'm, I'm still fighting, I have finished the race, and I'm still there. I'm in that place, and I have kept the faith and I'm keeping the faith so it's past action that carries over so it's the difference between just a past tense so I like to I like to think of my sister we we've talked a little bit about her in these last couple sessions she kept the faith and as you already said she could have had humanly speaking just reason just to abandon everything this didn't work out this isn't what I planned on for a marriage to break apart, for for desertion, but yet she kept the faith, mm-hmm. and she kept on believing, and she made us feel like the champions, and in fact she was the champion. Yeah. So when we eulogized her, that's an interesting word. You see the two Greek words, eu, good. Logos word, a good word. A eulogy is a good word. And we gave her some good words uh, from our family because she did these three things. She fought, she finished, and she kept. So I thank God for my oldest sister, Ruth. She ran a good race. Yeah. It's a good example. It's, it's a very humbling example because she had it. She had it worse than I do. That's right. Well, you've had it. You've had a tough. I've tough. I've had a tough road. I have. Yes. Um, but you see somebody who goes through, you know, bedridden for ten years, fourteen, fourteen years, at the end. That's that is hard. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, it's humbling mm-hmm. because you think, well, I certainly don't have anything to complain about. I certainly should be fighting hard. I certainly should be continuing to run. I certainly should be using I certainly should be using my time well to make sure 
I'm finishing that race like I should and, and um, remaining faithful, keeping the faith. Because if she can do it, I can. That's why, that's why telling your story is so... In, that's why telling your story is so important. And we talked about that last week. When you tell your story... It helps other people. It encourages other people. And telling your sister's story, telling Ruth's story, it encourages me, and I'm sure it encourages our listeners too, that you can keep the faith, even when life is suffering, and even among very difficult circumstances. And I think that's why we need to eulogize, and we need Mm -hmm. to. I think that's why Paul gives his obituary here, is at least in part to encourage Timothy, who's a young man, not an older man, hopefully not near the end of his life. (laughs) Um, Now, Paul, of course, wasn't, that elderly at this point in his life he's about to be murdered so that's a different sort of end of life scenario but not all of us live to be in the golden years you know right there's there's illness there's accident there's a lot of things that happen but he's telling this young man all of these things Mm -hmm. to fight the good fight finish the race and remain faithful because he wants timothy to look to him as an example and do that himself Let me just read a couple other scriptures that help us understand what it means to keep the faith. In Revelation, we read in Revelation 3.11, Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. In, In a terrible storm, maybe the only thing you can do is hold on. Yeah. Here's another one. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. That's from Hebrews 10. Hold unswervingly. Sadly, Demas let go. Mm-hmm. Verse, he, he verse 10 that. of 2 Timothy 4. Yeah. He, he, he had that faith. He had that hope. But something allowed him to let go. We're not sure what that is. And if you're being tempted today to let it go, that life has become difficult for you, we would just urge you, keep running that race. Keep fighting that fight and hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that first, the first passage you read, said, what was the first one you read again? Um, the, uh, about holding tight. Yes, hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. And what, what was the verse reference for that? Revelation 3. Revelation 11. 3, that's right. Yeah. And so, and that, that's, the, interestingly, we know John wrote that, but that's the same exact language that Paul uses here. Right. Because he says, I have kept the faith and the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness. I love it. So it's that, so that was clearly something the Holy Spirit taught the church very early on that, there, there are rewards. There are prizes awaiting you. One of them is crowns, because we see them throughout throughout the New Testament writing that talks about crowns as rewards. And this particular crown, the crown of righteousness, being awarded to those who've kept the faith. Um, it's just it's interesting that the the Spirit has you know clearly taught the early church that, and they're passing on what they've learned. They're telling that story. Some people and for when Paul, they... it's significant because he brings it up multiple times. Yes, many times. This teaching about rewards, it's not in one or two verses. It's in many verses it's all throughout the, the Bible. Well, and Jesus, Jesus talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty established doctrine, I think, as far as New Testament goes. And some might think, well, are we to be motivated 
by something in the future, like a crown? The answer is yes. Paul obviously was. He was. He was looking forward to that day when he was going to be crowned. This is, this is the grace of God who calls us to himself, then empowers us to be faithful, and then rewards us for faithfulness. <laughs> grace, grace, grace. Grace upon grace. He's the exact, he is really generous. Yes. I mean, that is, that is really, really generous. And it's, I, like, it's like when you give your little kid uh, something to color on. And the drawing is already there. They just need to trace it with their color crayon. Mm -hmm. And they can't quite do it well, so you help them trace out the outline of the chicken. And then when you're done, you praise them for how great they did at drawing that chicken. Good good example. That's what we do as parents all the time, and it's totally appropriate to do that. We don't say, hey, that's not a good enough job. Um, and so that's what God does with us throughout yes. our lives. Yes. Because he's a good father. He is a good father. What was I going to say? I was going to say something really good, I think. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> we'll assume it was the greatest thing. Reward. Oh, my. Uh, at the end of our season, like basketball season, we would have an awards banquet. Mm. And everybody would show up that played. Mm-hmm. No one would get cut at that point. Some were just happy that they made the team. Yeah. Then there were some that were, ha were given special awards. It took a few seconds for that to happen. But you felt like it was worth the whole season hmm. for what was received. Because there was honor. Yeah. There was glory. And as a matter of fact, it feels good to receive glory and honor. You picture an Olympic athlete who's been working for 10 years or more. Yeah. And then that moment comes where he takes the stand. And how many people are watching? 5 million? 10 million? The world? And he, they, they play his national anthem. And he's getting choked up, and then somebody puts a medal around his neck. And it's a moment of great glory. And you'd say, was it worth it? He would say, absolutely, it was all worth it. And that's, Paul, well, that's what Paul would say. It is worth it. I think that's it's really key, because he's talking about how he's been doing this for a long time. Okay, perfect tense, like you said. And now the prize awaits me. That's like, okay, mm. I've been doing all this and now. That's a big and now. Yeah. I've been doing all this, all this, all this. It's been hard. It's been suffering. It's been sacrifice. I mean, if you've, if you've um, done competitive sports well, um, it, there's a lot of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pain. There, there's a lot of difficulty. And this, and that's one of the metaphors he's using, and now... The prize awaits me. The prize at the end of the race, you know, which yes. in that context for a marathon, you get a laurel wreath that you wear around mm -hmm. your head. So everyone can see that you finished the race. You won. And here he says, we get a crown too. Mm. When we finish the race well, when we keep the faith, 
we have a prize that awaits us. And mm-hmm. he's, he's clearly excited about this. Yes. I've done all this. It's been tough. Death is near. And now the prize awaits. He's excited about that prize. This is not a small thing. And that does not defy grace. Some no. might think if we're preaching rewards, it's defying grace. This illustrates grace. This is grace. This is the grace of God, his kindness to us, his children. And you may be thinking, yeah, but I teach kindergarten Sunday school. I'm not much. I'm no Billy Graham. I'm no Mother Teresa. I, I won't have anything. Wait a minute. Nope. Remember what Jesus said? If you give even a cup of cold water to the least of these you will in no way lose your reward. Jesus keeps track of every action and attitude done in humility for the glory of God. And he comes from heaven, and he says he brings his reward with him. He's ready when he returns to Mm -hmm. pass out the rewards to his faithful brothers and sisters. I love this. What a climax to a life well-lived. Ruth, way to go. And isn't it just like God to reward us for something we should already do? Yes. It is just like God. Grace upon grace. That that is exactly what God would do. Hey, you you did exactly what you were supposed to. Here's a reward. I I grew up with, with a grandfather who believed that when you didn't perform as you were expected, you should be disciplined, uh, punished, actually. It was punitive more than it was teaching. It was punitive. Yes. And if you did what you were supposed to do, you should receive nothing because that's what you're supposed to do. You, you do your duty, you do your responsibility, and you get no verbal praise and no prize because that's simply what you should do. No and praise it, and no prize. And, whereas if you don't, you get punished. And I love my grandfather. I've forgiven my grandfather. And mm. I believe he's in heaven at the very end. At through the sinner's door. Oh, my. But that's not how God is. No. God disciplines instead of punishes, and he rewards when we do what we're asked to do. And if we go above and beyond, he rewards above and beyond. That's right. That's just who he is. It's his nature. I mean, it's all throughout, all throughout Scripture. It's his nature. He can't help it. And Paul knows him well and understands this concept well. And he is really excited about this prize. He's motivated. This, clearly, this motivates him yes. to continue running and fighting. Yes. And, and remember, he, he's facing the sword. Okay? Mm-hmm. He is in prison. He knows Nero's not going to let him go. He's, he's a big name. People know who Paul is. And so Nero's going to use this to an advantage. And he's... I'm sure he did it publicly. Uh, who knows how he did it? It probably was a Colosseum death, but uh, we don't know for sure 100% how it happened. But it was bad. Yes. And he knows it's coming soon. He's just praying Timothy will get there first yes. so he can pray for his son and be prayed for one more time. And so this is no small thing that he says, and this is what's helping me right now. In this moment, what's helping me right now is that I know there's a prize, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that prize. And guess what? This prize is not just for me. It's yes. for all, he says, who eagerly look forward to his appearing. So if we keep that faith, we get this prize too. And he expects that idea to motivate us just like it motivates him. So our, our desire for you who are listening is look to the end and even beyond the end. Look to what God is going to give back to you. 
And that can be a rich motivation, especially in days when you're, when you're discouraged, when you're having a tough time keeping it on, keeping on, and you can say, no, there's an end in view. I'm going to fight the good fight, and there's a reward afterwards. Go for it. Paul did. He did. I think that's a good place to stop for this week. I want to pray. Let's do that. I, uh, I feel this. I know you do too, very strongly. We both have taught about it. It's an important subject to hear. Paul finished this powerful passage with henceforth, there's laid up for me. And so, Father, we look to our future here and pray that you would allow us to finish well. We want to be among that company that finished this marathon race, hitting the tape, thankful that you gave us strength to finish well. And then we look beyond and we see that you are full of grace again and you give us rewards. And we want to be like Paul who said, uh, not looking back, but straining forward. I press on for the goal, for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. There is a prize in Christ Jesus. And so I pray for our listeners, especially any who may be discouraged, who are struggling with what has been given to them in this season. We pray that they will look to their end and beyond into the eternity. We pray through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.